Anne Hathaway, Kelly Clarkson, Prince William, Kate Middleton, Hyun Bin, Son Ye Jin, Kay Abad, Billy Crawford. These are some celebrities who are 40 this year. There seems to be something special about the age 40, perhaps because it's a round number that represents midlife that it prompts the famous phrase that goes, Life begins at 40. But does it, really? What are the expectations and the reality of being at this age? Hello everyone! Welcome to a very special episode of Banana Q Podcast. I just turned 40. I know the connotations of hitting that age. I'm not just officially a tita, but actually old. Or so society says anyway. But what does it really feel to be 40? I wanted to ask fellow 40-year-old millennials about this. Now, I can't interview any of those celebrities I mentioned in the cold open, so I went with the next best route and rotted up six of my close friends. Now, I know that even though these people are all in different stages of life and in different parts of the world, as you'll find out later, but we do all have something in common. We all grew up in Sambuanga City, Philippines, and studied at one point in Ateneda Sambuanga University. So obviously, our experience won't encompass all the possible experiences of other 40-year-old Filipinos. And now... Here are our conversations. So, Felicia, when you were young, what were your expectations about being 40? When I was young, I thought that at 40, I would be rich Mm -hmm. and have lots of cars and have a great job. Like CEO type. Wow, at 40. (laughs) So, you had a lot of expectations for yourself at 40. Okay. Also, I remember thinking, okay, 40, kind of end of life, right? Yeah, so, that's what we used to think, right? That's the funny part, yes. Yeah, maybe I should be thinking about retirement already <laughs> at 40. I asked everyone the same thing, and not all of them were as ambitious as Felicia. Most just expected to have the same things that their parents had, like a spouse, three to four kids, a house. A stable job. After expectations, I then asked, what was their reality as a 40-year-old? It's not perfect, definitely. Uh, you're one of my closest friends and you do know that I've just been diagnosed recently with an autoimmune disease. And I think it's mm-hmm. also partly because of aging, partly of like getting the COVID infection. So that's one thing I'm not happy about, about being 40. That's she. She was our high school salutatorian. We became close friends many years later when we both ended up working in Singapore. She is currently a corporate lawyer working for an MNC in Metro Manila, Philippines. But on the flip side, I feel very blessed because of the financial level of comfort that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we could easily like go buy a house in cash or something, but simple meals like for example in a nice restaurant just this weekend my husband and I went on a spontaneous road trip to Tagaytay drove to Tagaytay on the way there we stopped by Rax 
You know mm-hmm. that, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah. In the past, it was just this restaurant is usually just reserved for special occasions, birthdays, Mm-mm. dinner dates, even. And while we were there, we were both discussing like how lucky we are to be able to like just go on a whim, eat at racks. So yeah. that's the part of being forty, the reality of being forty that I feel is the good part. She wasn't the only one who mentioned this as one of the perks of being forty. Almost all of the others I interviewed mentioned the same thing, and I myself agree with them. There are a lot of bad parts. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are the other bad parts aside from that? Would you like to tell us? Oh, okay. I will not show you, but I would say the big bellies that come along with being 40. <laughs> the very slow metabolism, um, the lack of collagen in your face, um, wrinkles starting to show, white hair starting to show. I sound very vain, but I guess at this point in life, you realize how the outer appearances really matter, you know? Like when you were in yes. 20s or 30s, it was effortless to look good. Now at 40s, you do have to exert a bit more effort. Go find the thicker face cream, for example. Get the face rollers, the one that you bought for me that looks, you know, quite phallic. (laughs) And use it regularly on your face. (laughs) I agree with Chi for the most part. In my youth, I was always asked what was the secret behind my great skin. And I only had to answer with one product, St. Ives Apricot Scrub. But now, I have to resort to 10-step Korean skincare routines. To be fair, though, I expected to have more wrinkles by now. So I do think that we are the generation that is aging gracefully. Perhaps because we now have 10-step Korean skincare routines instead of just Chin Chan Su. Okay, so you did mention, right, that your mom had four children, so that's you and your sisters, obviously, and that you didn't Mm -hmm. want that. And right now, you don't have any children at all. I've always wanted to be child-free by choice. Mm Mm-hmm. Ever since I was in high school, I was never maternal. In college, in law school, I was clear that I did not want to be a mother. I don't know why, but I think now that I had time to think about it, part of it is because I was traumatized because I had to take care of our youngest sibling when I was 14 years old. So for Mm. one whole summer, she was like a toddler. I had to clean her butt when she would poop. For example, I had to (laughs) feed her to ensure that Mm -hmm. she was alive at the end of the day when my Mm -hmm. parents came home from work. And I said, I don't want to be taking care of little people in the future. So I think that's the (laughs) physical, emotional aspect that I did not want. And then as I grew older, I realized that who said that we should have children anyway? It's just societal norms who put this concept that to be a complete family, to be a real woman, you had to have children. So I started questioning this. I guess I can be a bit of a rebel. (laughs) So (laughs) even before getting married to my husband, I made it clear to him that I don't see children in my future. If you feel Mm. strongly about having children, then find another woman. Thankfully, he still chose me. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Because I had to get his consent, right? I also didn't want to shortchange him because I know some Mm. guys who are very keen on having their own children, on their legacy, passing their DNA, etc. I didn't feel like our genes were exceptional. We're not royalty. I honestly don't feel that we should leave a legacy. I could just plant a tree, for example. So I did feel strongly about it. But how did you feel 
as obviously in the Philippines, the expectation, not just of 40-year-old women, mm. but women in general, is that especially if you're married, that you are mm. supposed to have a kid. Um, did you feel like any pressure from people regarding that aspect? It was a bit more pronounced when I was younger, maybe early 30s and late 20s when I was newly married. My office mates, my friends would tell me that you would regret it and that children will complete your life and that you're being selfish. It's what the Bible wants you to do. I was not pressured, but I was more of annoyed. You know how I, how I am, right? I was like, just mind your own business. This is my own reproductive system. <laughs> so, of course, I would smile, bear and grin it. And then eventually, I learned this trick. I would mm. look them in the eye and pretend to be sad and say like, you know, it's because I'm infertile. So please pray for me. Oh my God. And they would look so awkward after that. And I'm like, okay, gotcha. So they stop asking. So yeah, that was my trick so for anyone listening. Okay. <laughs> and they pray. At least they pray for me, right? And they're not going to follow up, right? Because they know that yeah. they feel that you're suffering and it's like rubbing yeah. salt it's on your It's awkward. Wounds, I guess. Though the really weird ones would like give me tips, like put your legs up after intercourse. So that would be even more awkward. So I'd be like, okay, <laughs> thanks for the tip. <laughs> you know how Filipinos are. We can be yes. a bit intrusive. Mm -hmm. I don't think people should think that just because you don't want kids that you are a terrible, horrible person who is incapable of giving love, right? Because you do are, you are a mom in a way. Yes, I'm a firm mom. Yeah. Yes. Um, about six years ago, we got two dogs. Renzo is the German Shepherd. All right. <laughs> Coffee is the poodle. So <laughs> I wouldn't say they would replace children, right? Because mothers would mm. feel offended. Yeah, yeah, it's um, the same, of course. But they do bring me and my husband so much joy. And mm. sometimes headaches too <laughs> when they eat our slippers, for example. But yeah, they do bring us so much joy. And as you mentioned, like deciding not to be a mother doesn't mean that you're selfish. I think mm -hmm. primarily because we are child-free by choice. We're both middle children, my husband and I. Mm. Our families of origin really rely on us for a lot of things, financial, mm. physical, emotional help. And we're always ready to jump in and help, maybe mm. because we don't have children. So mm. we're their go-to persons, I think. And I think that's us being able to give back to our parents and I'm happy that we're able to do that while they're still alive and can still walk etc we're still able to pamper them bring them places buy them good things buy them good food etc knowing you I know how much you help your family so I am sure that they are very grateful that you are there and you can extend your help <laughs> I'm not saying it's easy it's always it, it takes a toll on you right after of after course, a while yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but I guess we just have much more time to devote to them and more resources for them, mm -hmm. primarily because we don't have to attend to children. So that's one big point. So to parents out there, it may be good to discourage your children from having children in the future. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> While she is happy not to have children, not everyone is. I have a lot of friends who are struggling to have a baby. Well, I did go abroad. I'm in Australia now. And then I did find the love of my life. I'm married now. 
<laughs> and we also bought a house together. But mm-hmm. the sad reality as of now is that we haven't had children yet. That's Kate. She was my college classmate. Many years after graduation, we both made the risky decision of moving to Singapore to try to look for jobs. It paid off and we were roommates there for years. She is currently an accountant in Sydney. We've been married for three years now and we've been having difficulty in getting pregnant. Of course, you really want a a kid in the first place. But aside from that, how did it make you feel when there are other people commenting on this? Oh, you know how Filipinos are. (laughs) So I I feel bad. Sometimes it made me feel like I don't want to go out anymore because I know Mm. that person sees me she will say something again like oh you're not yet pregnant or any other person like you know Mm. i mean they're just curious why you're still not pregnant sometimes they will say oh why is it taking so long it's as if it was my choice not to have a kid Mm. yet i think most of them mean well but it's just Mm -hmm. that they don't know what you're feeling every time they ask you that question kate ended up giving a very detailed account of everything she went through to try to have a child I thought it deserved to be published as a separate podcast episode in the future, so watch out for that. One of the things she shared was that she had already gone through 13 IVF cycles. IVF, or in vitro fertilization, is a tedious process which involves a lot of injections, hormonal side effects, and money. Okay, the expectations of 40, you have most of it, except for this one. But of course it hurts. Because it is probably the one you want the most. Correct. And also because I'm 40 now, the doctors mm. actually think that, you know, the chances, my chances are less. That's why mm. before I turned 40, actually my specialist wanted me to do, you know, try, keep on trying monthly to never mm. stop. But you know what? Mm. When I reached 40, it's as if he himself, you know, um, gave up hope. Oh, no. Yeah. So what happens now? Are you still trying? Sorry if, if you don't mind me asking yes. this. Yes, actually, I'm still trying. I had my latest cycle last month, which mm. was almost good because um, I thought I was already pregnant. I reached that stage, you know, where they implanted mm. embryos into my um, uterus back. I felt pregnant as if during that second time when I, you know, first felt pregnant. I felt all of that, like acid reflux, feeling bloated, and then I was already one week delayed. Mm. So I thought, you know, I'd be pregnant. But on the day of my actual blood test to test whether I'm pregnant, my period arrived. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm feeling (laughs) teary-eyed about this. I'm sure you feel a lot worse. And I'm really sorry that, you know, you you are going through this because I don't know the exact feeling. But I kind of know how it feels, right? To really want something really so bad. Yes. And it's beyond your control. Yes. Like, it's not as easy as, for example, you want to save up for a house. At least exactly. you can save. You can control yes. your yes, spending. You can control that. Yes. Maybe you can find another job, whatever. But yes. this is something that you cannot control, right? Yeah, like, yeah. if only you could just throw money at this. But unfortunately, it's not. No, and yeah, it's nothing yeah. can explain it. I mean, the doctors tried everything. They tried to change my injection medications, but mm-hmm. you know, it's still resulting to the same thing. That's part of being forty because mm-hmm. if I talk to the doctor and ask for more tests, they will just reply to say, 
no, there's nothing we can do because you're already old. They're not saying to stop doing it, but the chances are very low because the older I get, the quality of my eggs are not good. Unfortunately, that's what we struggle with being women, right? Like men okay. can be 70 years old and they can and still they have can kids still, if yeah. they want. Yeah. <laughs> and women have a ticking time bomb. Like, it's so annoying. Correct. Yeah. But if you do manage to get pregnant at such a late age, what happens then? In terms of personal goals, I've also been able to mostly achieve them. And though I never thought that I would have a daughter this late in <laughs> my life. That's Felicia. She was my high school classmate. We became close friends in college when we were members of the same clubs like debate, newspaper, and yearbook. She is currently working as an IT manager for a company in Metro Manila, Philippines. I gave birth to my daughter in January of this year. Mm -hmm. Family has always been one of those goals that you think, okay, I'll have that in my future somehow. Mm -hmm. But you don't really kind of plan it, like have milestones. That, okay, by this time I should have a baby, by this time, all that. Mm -hmm. It kind of tends to depend on really the situation that you're in and how you and your partner feel about things. Mm -hmm. So it just happened that things really happened late in life. <laughs> Do you remember like more or less you were expecting when would you have a baby like early 30s or something? I guess 30s kind of. Yeah, because my mother gave birth to me when she was 31. So I kind of thought maybe by then also I would start my own family. Mm. Um, but at 30, 31, it seemed, it felt like I had just started my career, mm. kind of. Mm -hmm. So it didn't feel like I had been working already for 10 years. Mm -hmm. it, it really felt like I'm still mid-level, not yet ready to start an entire family. But okay, I have a question. Your mom at 31, was she like at the top of her game, you thought? Like, if you compare her to not. you. Okay. I guess not. <laughs> but I think that maybe back then, I don't know, maybe in terms of finances, my mother and father were very humble. All right. Okay. Got it. <laughs> They're fine if they start a family and they don't have all the luxuries in the world. Got it. Do you know what I mean? Because you were ambitious. You wanted a lot of cars. And what, yeah. what was that? <laughs> you wanted to be CEO. So. <laughs> a comfortable stage in my life mm -hmm. before I, I introduced another life into the world. Mm. I think that's why I started so late. Having a family is because I just didn't want my daughter to ever struggle in terms of needs. So I just wanted her to be very comfortable and be able to have a house to live in. You waited until you had bought a house before you had a daughter. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thinking about it, my mother and father were able to get a house before I was born. I think it's just the times have changed mm. in that easier back then to have a house, I don't know, cheaper maybe. It just seems that right now in these times, inflation is so high and even in a dual income household, 
it's hard to be able to come up with the money to build or get a loan to build a house. Mm. I think you have a good point. Yeah, that's actually true because, you know, the prices of houses went up like exponentially and it's not the same increase in salary. So yeah. that is why a lot of people feel like they can't buy a house. Would you say that the average 40-year-old now has her own house in the Philippines? No, I don't think so. I think, well, it depends, like I said. Most people my age, our age, I think they would have a condo. Mm. Or maybe even a house that's like an apartment in a village that's not in Metro Manila. Okay, let's talk about motherhood, right? So because that's what a lot of women want to achieve, motherhood, right? So when you finally became a mother, were there things that you did not expect? I did not expect my doctor, my ob to call my pregnancy a geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually on all my papers, official documents, that it's a geriatric pregnancy. And I, I told her, I don't think I'm geriatric. <laughs> But she said, don't worry, it's just a clinical term. It's for any woman over 35 mm. gives birth called a geriatric pregnancy because it's already high risk mm. once you're 35. Okay. And so going back to you know what you were saying, that it feels like there's a lot more people who are infertile or, or not infertile exactly, but looking for fertility treatments, mm. right? I think also also because of our age that, Mm. you know, are getting pregnant later and later in life. And it's true that the number of eggs that we are carrying is, you know, finite. Mm. And that the older you get, the harder it is to give birth or even get pregnant in the first place. So actually, the doctor that I went to, my obigaini, was a fertility specialist. So I really Mm. went to her knowing that I'm already Geriatric. Advanced age. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So knowing that, I, I really sought her out mm. to make sure that I'm getting the level care that I deserve for. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which is good, right? Uh, was it a long process for you or no? Actually, it was uh, a lot easier than I had expected because I don't know what what to expect. But when you hear somebody is pregnant at 40, I think the general consensus is worry for that person, right? (laughs) Is she going to be able to give birth? Or the greatest worry is miscarriage. Sorry, miscarriage. Mm -hmm. So, So that was my ultimate worry the whole time. But my doctor gave me a lot of vitamins and supplements. She was really able to take care of me. And, and it was a lot easier than I had expected. I had it good that I really thought I could complete the pregnancy without any problems at all. But at the time that I was going to give birth already, unfortunately, the baby was too big. Mm. <laughs> and I was having trouble pushing her out. Or like She doesn't want to come out at all. My I wasn't dilating enough. The doctor was measuring my blood pressure and it was spiking very high. Mm. At one point, they had measured it had gone to around 200 something. Yikes. So okay. Just, 
very high. My doctor told me to make a decision, actually, of course. Mm. Uh, the decision is always with the patient. But, you know, she recommended that I go to cesarean because mm-hmm. uh, it seems that uh, it's already not good to push through with regular or normal pregnancy mm-hmm. or normal birth. So that's what I just didn't expect that uh, I would not at the at the end of it be able to have a normal pregnancy. Okay, that's really what I wanted, you know, to to feel like even though I'm forty, mm-hmm. age is just a number. Yeah, right? okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel forty, so I mean, mm. do you feel forty? I feel no. like. I don't feel. Yeah, I, I think it's maybe because the expectations again. We felt, as you said, 40 was at the end of life already. Yeah. You felt that 40, you would be more mature. You would be so full of wisdom. You already know yeah. what you want in life or whatever, you know, but it's not at all the case. No, no. <laughs> it feels like I'm still learning that, you know, there's still things to be done. The lack of maturity at 40 is a common sentiment among 40-year-olds, it turns out. Age-wise, I didn't feel like, okay, I'm already 40. I even feel like I'm just in my 20s pa. (laughs) (laughs) That's Elma. She was my high school classmate. But we lost touch after graduation until we both found ourselves in Singapore many years later. She is still there until now, working as a process engineer. In denial, no? Yeah, I mean, mentally, Mm. I feel like I'm still in my 20s. But Mm. it struck me like a day after I turned 40. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm already 40 and I should be more mature. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I feel, honestly, I feel that I'm not that mature yet. I mean, my maturity is not um, at par with my age. Right. So I was thinking, Oh no, parang I really need to grow up. I think in some areas, like I really need to look at how or where I'm supposed to be at, because mm. we have expectations. And then I was thinking, okay, so what should I do now? <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Like, okay. okay, my husband Brian. He's also forty, right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's also forty. <laughs> I think he has more wisdom. I he told me na we're already forty, you know those things that you hear, they're just like noise. Mm. We're already forty, and we shouldn't be bothered by those nitty gritty things. Just focus, mm. focus on what's important. The funny thing is, Elma is a mother, so I assume that she wouldn't feel this way. That she would definitely be more mature than me, a single woman whose only responsibility is a cat. Definitely nothing compared to a whole other human. So you have been a mother for what, a decade, it's right? Nine years, right? Okay. Right, it's nine years old. <laughs> okay. Hello. <laughs> I just said hello. Hi, Bryce. <laughs> How do you feel as a forty-year-old mother? Is it does it get easier, or you know, you've gotten used to it, or yes? How, how? As Bryce got older. It gets a bit easier compared mm. to before because he has taught me to try to stretch my patience. Because when he was younger, like whenever I need to send him to the childcare, like I expect him to follow my timing. But sometimes a, a kid has his own timing. Like okay, mm-hmm. you're you're supposed to be ready to go na. The cab is already waiting downstairs, and then suddenly he has to go to the <laughs> toilet. So in that 
aspect, like, huh, your patience really is being tested. Mm. Now that he's older, and I also got older as a mother now, I kind of expected that there will be some hiccups. So mm-hmm. I tried to stretch my patience more. Kids, they teach us <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yes. It's not that I, as a mother, teach him something, but they also teach us a lot, especially on on how to deal with ourselves, actually. Mm-hmm. So now that he's older, it yeah, it's not as intense as when he was younger. So Right. Okay. That's good. Yeah. When we're growing up, you envision yourself to be someone, you know, someone successful mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. career. And probably at this age, 40, uh, you have your corner office, your own office, <laughs> yeah, and your own secretary, something like that. But... <laughs> Are you trying to be Rachel from Friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, yes. I think that has changed for me in the recent years. Okay. Because I was thinking, like, if I were to be promoted, then I have a son to take mm. care of. Something's got to give. Like, I, I cannot give my 100% attention all the time in my work. Mm. Meaning... I have mm. to take some leaves, use my leaves mm-hmm. on some days that I need to take care of Bryce. So I weighed both. I said, okay, for me, I don't care if they promote me because I use my leave every now and then. I was thinking, my kid, he will only need me for this few years. Yeah, true. I feel like I should be there for him. So in between having a promotion in my career and taking care of my son I always choose to take care of him previously I would feel very bad oh no I'm taking mm. a leave but that changed okay because at the back of your mind I'm taking a leave okay they might take this against me I might not get promoted mm. or whatever but uh, it has changed recently mm. I said okay Bryce if he's sick, then I really need to take leave. I won't feel guilty that I'm taking leave. Somehow, I also thought that it's also okay because I already did put an effort when I was younger in the same company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that sense, I don't see myself as someone who's so driven to climb that ladder because mm-hmm. I have a son. Yeah, I have a, another priority. So in that way, this is like a therapy as well, this interview, because it's like it's showing me also that it's okay not to feel bad about yourself. Yeah, it, it is admirable though because as you said, Bryce is not going to be young like a kid forever. Yes. And to Bryce, you are this very important person in his life. Whereas to the company, you are not mm. as, quite as important. So yes, yes, it's correct. good that you are prioritizing <laughs> yeah. your son over a company, right? Yes. Like, of course, to a point, you do need the money so that you mm. can afford stuff for Bryce as well. But Mm-mm. as long as you are earning enough, like what makes you happy, right? And I think this is one thing that is common amongst a lot of late 30s to 40 old people is that they start reprioritizing. That's a good point. You start... Yeah. realizing like what should I prioritize mm. right and yes and and I just read I think in LinkedIn or whatever like right now there's something called quiet quitting <sighs> people are realizing probably during pandemic that I don't need to overexert myself Mm-mm. like quiet quitting means I will just do what is expected of me or just do the hours and you know not overextend myself for my work 
Like I'm just gonna do what I'm being paid to do. Yes. Basically. And that's not really bad, right? Because it just means that you have reprioritized uh, your life. Yeah. That you realize that the people in your life is more important than your job, Mm-mm. which if you die, touch wood, they're not really gonna miss you. They're just gonna replace you Correct. quite easily, in fact. Whereas your child, he's going to remember you. What's funny is, a few days after this interview, Elma got promoted to assistant manager. Reprioritization of career and personal life is also common amongst a lot of 40 or nearly 40-year-old people that I know. I had friends who quit demanding jobs or took a massive step back in the effort that they put into their work. Even the high flyers or ardent climbers of the corporate ladder have surprised me when they said that they realized how valuable time and energy was, and if those went to your job, then something else would get sacrificed, like your health and relationships. And those are far more important. The next person is one of those. Reality check. I am already happily married, still praying for a child, working on getting our first home for our family, and trying to get back on track with my career. That's Tyne. She was my college classmate. She is currently in Ontario, Canada. We were colleagues in two different companies in three different countries, and she definitely climbed the corporate ladder faster than me. Her last job title was Director of Fund Accounting. But then she took a break. But I admit that the for most part of my years leading to my 40, I had devoted my time really to building my career. Well, because... I only met my husband around four years ago, so so what 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 choice do I have, right? But to focus in my career. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, when I was little, I I used to have this vision on what it looks like uh, to be successful. Mm. You know, the prestige, the salary, and the comforts that comes with it. But when I finally got to that point, I thought this is not what I want. So. Yeah, there was a kind of like paradigm shift in the idea of success. Mm. So I guess that when you reach 40, you kind of reach a maturity level and you develop a different take on life. Mm. You know, what success meant to you before when you were younger. Mm. Obviously, that was so immature Mm. of you, unrealistic, I guess. Mm. But I kind of like have a different definition of what success looks like to me now. Mm-hmm. All the experiences that I had in the past actually, you know, helped me have a better realistic picture of the kind of life that I want to lead. I think it just happened about at the same time that I was transitioning in my life as mm. well because I just get married. Mm. So two seemingly competing priorities mm presented themselves to me and I was leaning towards focusing more on building a family already at that time. So I guess the timing Mm. really played a part in Mm. it because when I reached the pinnacle of my career, that's when also I was already getting married. So what will you do, right? Like you can only serve one master at a time. Yes. And maybe also because you, you know, you spent so many years just working so hard and maybe that's why your body kind of catches up with all the stress that you gave it in the past or something right yeah, i mean obviously when yeah, you get older we have more back pains we easily <laughs> roll your ankle or whatever you know what i mean so probably it's that 
being 40 yeah makes you think through like should i really be doing this <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right, like, um... no, no, you had a good point, really. Mm. Actually, you know, back pains are really like a sign <laughs> that you are already reaching your 40, yeah. actually. Yes, oh my God, back I pains, think yes. When I was younger, I really worked harder, mm-hmm. actually. <laughs> really gave it all my best and even, uh, you know, at the expense of my own health. Mm. Like, I didn't really mind that when I was younger because your body is able to cope easily right but then when you reach at this point and you're late late 30s and i feel like you can't just do a lot of overtimes and long yeah, hours for sure we don't have the energy <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. and somehow your brain has reached its limit Diane also mentioned that one of her goals was to own a house which isn't an easy feat in ontario canada which is known for expensive property so I asked her if she was feeling any peer pressure about that. Not a peer pressure though, but it, it was more of like what I had envisioned when I was uh when I was little. So it's not peer, it's time pressure. <laughs> exactly. I'm pu- I'm putting I'm just stressing myself. It's so, okay, but, got yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> it's self pressure. <laughs> but yeah, with the crazy markets mm. right now, so you can't really do a lot. So, yeah. Aside from self pressure, I me, I honestly am more peer pressure than self pressured. I think I like to compare myself <laughs> to other people, which I know I shouldn't do. Uh-huh. Of course, you're happy for your friends when they achieve all these milestones and whatnot. But a part of you feels like a stab of anxiety or something, right? Like, oh my God, I don't have exactly, a house. Yeah, oh my yeah. God, I'm not married. Oh my God, I don't have a kid. That really resonated mm. with me. But in the sense that whenever I see a friend of mine have a baby or, you mm. know, share the photos of their baby, it makes me feel baby sick. Mm. Like you want a baby so much. So like all the more, all the longer to have a baby, uh, you know, increases. So I don't know if that's a peer pressure, but... I guess it depends. If you really want the baby, it's not peer pressure because it's really... Yeah. That's something that you want. But for me, I, I feel like, okay, I don't really want a promotion, for example, but because my friends mm-hmm. have gotten promotions we are the same age, I feel peer pressure, even though I'm not really, Uh, you know what I mean? I'm not really geared towards that. So I'm just adding pressure to myself because of societal expectations. (laughs) So I think that's that's worse, uh, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Either way, both are causing (laughs) pressure to you. (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. but I think, yes, at at our age, we are at the time when we are probably midway through our life. We're actually... When we were younger, 40 was old, according to what we saw, right? And a lot of people actually think, the young people think that 40 is old, right? So that's probably why we're even more in a state like, oh my God, I'm 40. Where am I at at this point in my life? Mm, Am I even anywhere near where I'm supposed to be or where I thought I would be? Yeah, That for me is the pressure, the added pressure of being 40 compared to say 30 so would you say it's it's a, the pressure is really coming from the kind of like perception or the ideal that you had that we had when we were a child? I would think so. so should we blame <laughs> our being ambitious when we were younger? <laughs> hey, reality check. Yeah. When I was younger, when I look at the people who are in their forties, I remember they're already like old, but not in a negative mm. way. In so far as they have already, I think like three children Mm. or like they're already well ahead in their career or whatnot 
But when mm. when I reach in this age, I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> this is it? Where am I? As you said, where am I in my... Yeah, in my, yeah. in my But actually, we don't really know what they were thinking at that time, right? Maybe they just seemed put together for us. But in reality, they were not also, mm-hmm. right? And also, like, exactly, yeah. I really used to think that 40 was old. I was expecting, you know, someone with a lot of wrinkles or something. Somebody who is like, you know, <laughs> it's not even going to work for a long time. But actually, if you think about it, people retire at 65. We're going to be working for 25 more years. That's still longer than the amount of True. time we have been working, exactly. right? So. <laughs> So why is it that we are thinking? Oh my God, you just made me realize. No, the anxiety is building up again. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, so I think we are not as old as we used to think. And um, people really shouldn't say, oh, you're 40. That means you're old. That There's no more chance to change careers or whatnot. No, that's not true. There are even like people older when they actually figured out what they wanted to do in their lives. And yes, I do know one person who pivoted to a very different career shortly before he turned 40. In 2019, or even before that, mm-hmm. I kept saying, sometimes we do complain about that you're, uh, you're exhausted already, you don't want to do this work. That's Sheffy. He was my batchmate in college. We became flatmates in Makati City, Philippines, then later reconnected when he moved to Singapore. Then he moved to Hong Kong, and that's where he was in the situation he was talking about just now. I kept doing that for like three years. Because in the kind of work that I used to do in the bank, we do have a planning cycle. So that planning cycle, you know, you do your budgeting for a specific segment of the bank. It's a very tedious cycle. Like normally it will take us like six months. Just to complete that cycle. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of, you know, work involved in that. And then every cycle, I always complain like, ah, here we go again. I kept telling myself, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I kept saying that, but then I don't know what to do next. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yeah. I think it was only in 2019 when I finally decided that I think this is really it. I, I told myself that on my 10th year in the company, mm-hmm. I, I will leave the, the bank. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So he quit his job as a vice president of a multinational bank. And then in 2020, the start of a pandemic, he flew to Barcelona, Spain to study to be a chef for a year and a half. So the, the original plan was to stay there. I wasn't really specific as to what country it is, but I was like thinking of staying in Europe because mm-hmm. Europe is a good place if you're a chef. They're basically ahead in terms of like gastronomy. Mm. So I thought stay there... I will learn a lot if I really want to, to pursue, you know, being a chef. Right. But then, because of pandemic, mm-hmm. and I'm a Filipino and a Philippine passport holder. So yes. Uh, that really didn't end well for me. So mm-hmm. I had to go back and then change plans. Right. And then when you went back, you were in the Philippines, right? And you stayed in Boracay for three months or more? When I came back, it was when... Omicron was starting. Mm, okay. <laughs> I think that time I still have like seven days of quarantine in Manila. After mm. my seven days of quarantine in Manila, I decided to go to Boracay because there were rumors that Manila will be on lockdown because Omicron cases are rising already. Right. Some of my friends were like, you have to leave the city, otherwise you'll be on lockdown here and it's going to be bad, blah, 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 blah. Mm. So 
booked a ticket. I spent uh, my first day there was uh, December 31 on the eve of uh, New Year. Mm-hmm. I stayed there for three months, and then that's where I started, you know, think about what I really wanted to do. Mm, probably midlife crisis or something. Something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, the, the island helped me in terms of like decision making as to what I really wanted to do. Mm. But then, how did you end up in Australia now? I guess I'm I'm lucky, and I've been telling this to people that I'm lucky that I have good friends all over the world. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the good thing about being Pinoy, right? Um, there are yeah. a lot of OFWs everywhere. Yeah, so I have a very close friend in Australia, and I'm, I'm actually staying at her house right now. Mm. So she kind of adopted me. So I I, I I told her my situation, and you know, because we've been constantly communicating, even when I was in Hong Kong or in Singapore, or when I was in Spain as well. So right. She knows what I'm dealing with and she was willing to help in terms of like, you know, if, if you really want to explore Australia, then come here and check for yourself. If you really see yourself living here, studying here, something like that. So, right. That's so nice. At any point during this time, you know, this past two years, did you regret your decision of leaving the corporate life and thinking, oh, maybe I should just go back or something? The only part that I regret about leaving the corporate life is the money. <laughs> yeah, you were really big compared to what I have now, which is basically nothing because I only get money when, when someone will call me and then would want me to cook for them. Something like that. Mm-hmm. If there's an event, that event isn't even happening like every week. So mm-hmm. unlike or in the corporate world. Yes, of course. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm rich or something like that, but that's you know that you have money and you you basically will not end up hungry. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the reason why a lot of people our age are trapped by golden handcuffs or whatever it's called, right? Like, I hate this job. Some people think that way, but, you know, they can't leave because I'm accustomed to this amount of money. Yeah, because that's your comfort zone, right? Mm. I mean, I can't blame them. I can't blame people for staying regardless whether they like it or not, mm-hmm. what they're doing. Because at the end of the day, you need to pay for your rent, mm-hmm. right? You need to pay for your bills. Yeah, yeah. So what you did is actually the unusual part. And that's why a lot of our friends are saying that you are very brave because they themselves want to do what you did, but they don't have the guts to do it because they're tied to the jobs with the money. <laughs> it's funny because my friend and I were talking before and then she kept on reminding me the kind of lifestyle that I used to have when I used to visit here in Sydney. She would tell me like, you know what, before, well, when you're here, money is not an issue for you, something like that. Mm-hmm. If we go to this place or that place, if you want to eat this and eat that, you will just, okay, let, let's do it. But now, I always think like, how much is it? <laughs> I always <laughs> How much are we spending? How much do I need to pay? Something like that. I'm very cautious now in terms of my spending because I I have limited capacity now to pay. (laughs) If, let's say, you had the opportunity to do things over again, would you do it again? Yes, I will do it. (laughs) That's good then. I guess I'll be wiser. Which part will I be wiser? Maybe you would probably not spend so much money before quitting. And you yeah. would save everything, I would think. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I would have saved money earlier. <laughs> mm, yes, exactly. Right? Because now yeah. you know that I wish I hadn't spent this much the last time I went to Australia. So that I would have that money now. 
Yeah, so that I could have done this, like, I guess, five years earlier. All right, like before that. the pandemic, right? Because yeah. if you had done it earlier, maybe you would be in Europe now. I told Jeff that he was possibly able to do what he did because he was single and did not have a kid that he had to think of. So that is a perk of being single when you're 40. Which brings us to the last person. Me. Here's my reality as a 40-year-old. I am single, what they call a spinster or the Laga Vieja in Zamboanga. It isn't that bad. I have a decent paying job as an assistant vice president in Hong Kong, so I have a lot of freedom to do and buy everything I coveted as a kid. Being single didn't really bother me so much before because I was always surrounded by friends, even lived with them, so I wasn't lonely. But as you get older, more and more of your friends start getting married, having kids, and moving away to other countries so they could properly settle down. And getting left behind? That is what's incredibly lonely. This became all the more apparent to me during the pandemic, which is the most terrible time in the world, to decide to move to a completely new country where you do not have any friends. To close this, I asked everyone if they believe in the saying that life begins at 40. Well, I guess that's what I'm doing right now. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm basically starting all over again, establishing a new life Mm -hmm. that I really want. Something like that. Well, yeah, I think that's true. Because when you hit that stage, that's when you like realize, oh, I think I still haven't done the things that I wanted to do. Like when you have a lease Mm. and you feel like, I'm already half at my lifespan, even case, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. I think the average lifespan for women is 80. And then when you reach mm. the stage of 40, that's when you realize you have to make changes or improvements if you still haven't reached or achieved your goals. You know, when we were younger, we'd hear people like, oh, this person made, you know, um, had an affair and <laughs> bad example. <laughs> This person person quit his job. This Mm. person had a mental depression. And then Mm. they will always just say, oh, yeah, because he's 40 and it might have been Mm. their midlife crisis or something. Yeah. So it's like something about 40 triggers a lot of people (laughs) to make changes to their life. Yeah. Because I think it's supposed to be, you know, you have a realization about your mortality. That, yeah. you know, I'm going to die exactly. in in the same amount of years or something. So yeah. that's why you probably think, do I want to live my next 40 years in this, this same way? way? And that is probably yeah. why there's a breakdown and you mentioned people have affairs. And it's probably because of that. To some degree, yes. Because the mm. day after I turned 40, it was the day when I realized, okay, so what should I do now? It kind of led me to reevaluate what should be my part two. I feel like it's already a part mm. two. I was thinking, okay, health-wise, okay, I don't, I don't need to be bothered with how my body looks. Because I already know that from what my office mate said, oh, you're out of shape. I'm okay that I'm out of shape, but ah, I need to be okay. healthy. Mm-hmm. That's one. Health. Mm. And then sleep. I think bottom line is... I got to thinking, what else do I need to do? Mm. Or what should I do that I haven't done? Or what Mm. should I prioritize that I haven't prioritized? So 
mainly I think on the health. That's a good point. Um, previously, when we were losing weight, you know, in our youth, we we did it for vanity purposes. Mm. It's... You want to look sexy. You want to be able to buy fashionable clothes and stuff, right? But then at our age now, we're doing it because of, as you said, health. You know that at our age, uh, our metabolism is really Mm-mm. crap. And you look around and you look at older people mm-hmm. and they're not that fit. But so what? I mean, they have gained the right to be not fit because they're older already. So you can relax mm-hmm. a bit, I guess. You are not so bothered by that anymore. But again, you want to feel good. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go to the hospital or whatever. And that is why you still try yes. to eat healthier, eat salads, eat vegetables and omega-3 and all those <laughs> things, right? <laughs> well, definitely, yes. At this time in my life, I'm already reaching 40. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's actually like um, kind of like a checkpoint for me as mm. well. Like what I said, right? Like, is this the kind of life that I wanted to lead in the next 25 years of my life? Yeah, this is like a, what should I say? A pivotal point. Like where you really wanted to have a clear vision Mm. of where you're going forward, Mm. like where you want to go forward. I guess by now you know that my answer would be in the negative. No, life definitely does not begin at 40. (laughs) Okay. The decline (laughs) starts at 40. Um, no, I, I feel like we should not have all like this milestones, etc. The 20s were great. We were young and vibrant and crazy enough to like jump to Singapore and start our careers mm-hmm. there together. That was the beauty of 20s. 30s were being a bit more stable, trying to adult hard, trying to find our way in our own careers, in our own lives. That was also good. 40s when we're finally able to breathe a bit more easily knowing that okay we have enough money to actually fall sick or we have mm-hmm. enough money to get liposuction or something like that. <laughs> okay. yeah but it's also the time when you really feel that okay i need liposuction but badly so <laughs> it's both good and bad so i wouldn't say life right. begins at 40 i think people just say that to make themselves feel better life is just really what you make it whatever age you may be I don't know why people say life begins at 40, but I feel like what they mean is at 40, their kids are all grown up and they can focus on themselves and they can uh, go and take trips that they couldn't before mm, without okay. any right about finances. Mm. I think that's what they mean when they say life begins at 40 because finally you can be yourself mm. and not be responsible for other people. Right, but that's not the case for you. No, I don't think so. <laughs> because now you have a new baby. <laughs> yeah. Maybe life begins at 60. Oh, gosh. When you're retired. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe you're right about that part where in the past, people had kids at 21 or whatever. So when they were 40, they really... They're all grown up, right? The, the kids are gone and, and the parents can actually start living their life. You're right. But for us, I think in the modern times... We start living our life in our 20s, I guess, because as you said, most people settle down in their 30s, start thinking about having kids when they're geriatric already. That's very common. <laughs> so so yeah. maybe now life does not begin at 40 because we lived our life before that, before our 30s probably. That's true. That's true. If we look back on our life, honestly, I think the best time for me was in my 20s. Even though I didn't have much money or anything, but I think I had so much energy. I had 
you know, I could do whatever we I wanted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we, we didn't have that many responsibilities. Yes. I right? didn't have freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And like, for example, in the job, like you're entry level. So if you don't show up for work, it's not the end of the world for the company. For, for you or for your <laughs> team. Or for your company, right? Yep, yep. But uh, it's different because we have so many responsibilities. And at work, if we suddenly just leave for a week, mm. it's it's going to be very difficult to explain it to your boss. <laughs> yes. Why do you just do that? <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> true. You have a point. Like sometimes you even feel guilty about taking a leave because, okay, yeah. you do have a backup, but they're not as good at your job as you are, right? So there would still be things that... They wouldn't know how to answer. And that's why a lot of people, they still, like my bosses before, they would still be emailing even though they were on vacation or something. Because now we feel that, that, okay, uh, because <laughs> you, you are like too important now, you have too many responsibilities. So you have a point that, yes, in that sense, yes, we, we are not free right now at 40. Yeah. But maybe on the good side, our life did begin, you know, in our 20s or something. So yeah. At least when we were, you know, we had more energy and whatnot, we, we did get to experience a lot of things, right? So maybe it's okay. Yeah, because in our lifetime, unlike our parents, travel is much easier, mm. right? The fares are much cheaper. So we found ourselves, you know, 20s, 30s. We have enough money to travel mm-hmm. and we don't have that many responsibilities. So we're really able to explore and enjoy our youth. Mm. And I think, you know, live life to the fullest. And so, in a way, you know, if we think about it, then life begins at 20. Yes. (laughs) If you could relate to this episode, you would probably enjoy our episode 8, What Do 90s Filipino Kids Remember? Which talks about 90s nostalgia. I hope this episode made you realize things. And as always, we would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. So please, Shoot us a message on Instagram or Facebook at Bananaki Podcast or email us at bananakipodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>